Hey, it's Big Joe for your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer, Absolute Comfort. Chris Wedekin is the owner, and he tells us why many homeowners are giving up their air conditioners for a high-efficiency heat pump. By removing your air conditioner and replacing it with a heat pump, you are not only saving by getting a higher-efficiency air conditioner, the heat pump works in reverse and saves you money in the wintertime as well. See if a heat pump is the right move for you by going to absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted local independent American Standard heating and air conditioning dealer. Good morning. It is Friday, November 3rd. It is five minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So let's talk about what President Biden said, that he thought there should be a humanitarian pause in the Israel-Hamas war. He said that after a speech he gave on Wednesday. He was interrupted by a protester calling for a ceasefire, and he said, I, I think we should, we, we need a pause. So that's quite the departure from what he's been saying. He has been saying all along that they're not going to dictate how Israel carries out their military operations in response to the Hamas attack, but now he wants a pause. But what does that even mean? Exactly. That he, I mean, what, what is this <laughs> Like, okay, in the Civil War, Mm -hmm. there was a pause where we will clear the battlefield of the dead. And for however many hours that takes, everybody agrees not to shoot at each other. And then we'll go back to, like, what good does the pause do? If you're going to keep shooting at each other, mm-hmm. why would you stop? Just don't, get it over with. Don't you think that there would be a pause if he was more firm in his statements? Well, there, no. If he instilled maybe a little more fear in Hamas. Well, but but what what is he? Well, yeah, I guess there, maybe maybe. How about that for an answer, right? Yeah. Boy, good job there. You sound Mr. like Abdul. That's well, like very loyally. No, no, no. Maybe, because, maybe not. Because I agree that if he were not handing a hundred or proposing handing a hundred million dollars over to Hamas, it might make them a little more squeamish, but. This can't end now. It can't end in a peace agreement because it always ends in a peace agreement. And then we're right back to Hamas, in this case, parasailing in or mm-hmm. paragliding or whatever it's called in and killing a thousand plus Israelis. There is no more ceasefire. It should end when Hamas is done. There should be no more peace agreements. It should end when Hamas is done. And this is what I'm talking about. Israel doesn't need more money. They need the United States to say, we got your back and just stay out of the way. Just finish the job. Wasn't there a pause before October 7th? Yeah, you're right. Isn't that what we, we right. had? A pause on any of the violence, really? The U.S. Until Hamas decided to stop that. The U.S. always operates under the guise, and it doesn't matter which administration it is. Now, look, Trump got a lot further than other people did, but it always gets revoked. It always gets violated. It always... Casey, I know you've been happily married for a long time, so you don't know about this. But for people who have dated the same person on and off for many, many years, it always ends the same way. Because people really don't change very often, Casey. Sometimes they do. Sometimes there are transformational moments or things that happen. But it's very rare that people, while they may, as Homer Simpson famously said, I guess some people never change or quickly change and quickly change right back. People very rarely, especially when it is rooted in the sort of hate and disdain and vile reaction that, like, say, Hamas or the Palestinians have to Jews, you're not fixing that. You're just delaying the inevitable and allowing when these ceasefires or peace agreements happen for the bad people to rearm and reset Mm -hmm. and come back 
as strong or stronger than before. Okay, so many people question, okay, well, if there is a pause, doesn't that just give Hamas time to rearm and regroup yes. And, yes. and use any of that yes. humanitarian aid for themselves? Peter Ducey was asking the White House spokesperson John Kirby about the pause, and here's his answer. As you push the Israelis for humanitarian pauses, are they just supposed to sit back and let Hamas attack them and attack them and attack them and not fight back? We have been crystal clear that Israel has the right to defend themselves. I mean, my so goodness. pause means they can still shoot back. My goodness, Peter, we're giving them security assistance almost every day. But do we advocate pauses by both sides here? temporary, localized, to be able to get Americans out, to be able to get aid in? You betcha we do. That doesn't mean that we're calling for a general ceasefire. There's a, hang on a second, there's a difference. There's a big difference here. Um, and we understand that, as I said earlier, humanitarian pauses have to be negotiated and you have to have a, a credible basis for doing it in a temporary, localized way. I would also expect that we would get a lot of criticism from you and, and, and from your network and others if we just eschewed the whole idea of some sort of temporary pause so that people couldn't get out. I mean, we're doing exactly what you should be doing to try to look after these folks. So a pause does not help Hamas? A temporary pause that's localized, that would allow us to get aid in and to get our people out, is a good thing for the people of Gaza. It's a good thing for the Americans that are being held hostage. And it's not going to stop Israel from defending itself because the security assistance we're, we're providing continues to flow. And a temporary pause doesn't mean a general ceasefire where the war is over. It means pause only temporary for a specific purpose. Mm-hmm. There's an old saying, Casey, and if you are a person, we've talked about this before, if you're a person who ever wants to run for public office, if you remember nothing else we tell you, just please remember this. If you can't fit it on a napkin, mm-hmm. you're going to lose the argument. Yeah. The people who win arguments are people, and in politics, so I always talk about the door hangers, right? Pick three things or yep. four things, print them as big as you can, and you're going to live or die on those those three things. One of the reasons Shreve has done poorly is he's he has responded to Joe Hogsett. His public safety plan was a terrible response to Joe Hogsett. He's running ads addressing abortion. Mm-hmm. He's paying money. I've heard him on multiple radio stations. To address abortion, you're losing. You're responding to Joe Hogsett. You're playing on his terms. Yep. The terms of the mayor's race should have been your terms, and you had the money to make them your terms, which are roads and public safety and where was Hogsett during the riots and you know th- whatever three or four things you want to pick and go with. And here, he can't do it to that question on a napkin because he knows the answer is yes. Every second you're not killing Hamas, Every second you're not pressuring Hamas in fear for their lives, they are rearming and reestablishing a firmer engagement or a more uh, more uh, serious engagement than they are able to. If someone can move forward versus backwards, that is not good for you. Yeah, you have to be clear, concise, and consistent. And by saying that there's a localized temporary pause, which is different from a ceasefire... That is not consistent. It's not clear. And it's definitely not the concise message of we stand with Israel that they've been saying. All right. So Nikki Haley weighed in and she says, nope, no pause, no ceasefire. 
I know Israel well enough. I dealt with them for two years every day, and they want to save every single life. They want to bring every hostage home. And so America should be working with them on how to do that. But you don't do that with a pause. You do that by understanding what is the threat to the hostages and what is the threat to America. The threat to all of them is Iran. Iran is waving, you know, their flag telling Hamas what to do. They told Hamas to go and kill 1,400 Jewish people. They're the ones telling Hamas what to do. We have to make sure Iran knows there will be hell to pay if they hurt any of our people. But I've also been there, and I've seen those tunnels. And Martha, what makes this difficult is they could have those hostages in the tunnels. Mm -hmm. They could have the hostages somewhere else. But these tunnels are underneath schools. They're underneath hospitals. They're underneath civilian sites. And they do that because Hamas doesn't value life, and they know that America American Israel do value life. So I don't think we need to tell Israel to take a pause. We need to let Israel do what Israel needs to do, which is defeat and eliminate Hamas, because Hamas is going to come after us too. Iran is going to come after us, because don't forget, when they were dragging those naked bodies in the streets of Gaza, they were saying death to Israel, death to America. Okay, it is 14 minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Did you hear about the latest endorsement that Donald Trump received? No. It was in Florida, and it was from Senator Rick Scott. Oh, interesting. The thing that is interesting about this is that Scott did not endorse DeSantis. Yeah, okay, so this this has garnered quite a bit of you know, publicity, because obviously you have the sitting, very popular governor of the state. Mm-hmm. However, Rick Scott has already been governor. So unlike Mike Braun, who is trying to go in reverse, he has no desire to do that. Rick Scott is not running for uh, president. So he has no, at least seemingly now, uh, aspiration to, to move up. And he is fairly secure in the fact that it is a red state and he has not done anything overly controversial that would endanger his reelection. And so he's reading the tea leaves, I'm sure, mm-hmm. and going, Trump is so far ahead and DeSantis has had months and months and months to make inroads and he hasn't done it. And barring some sort of just unforeseen craziness in, in Iowa, which anything could happen, and we've seen it happen before, yeah. but right now it would be a shock to every person in America, if Donald Trump is not the Republican nominee for president, if you're reading the tea leaves and you're insistent upon endorsing someone, I'm kind of surprised he endorsed, period, but how do you endorse anybody other than than Trump. Okay, so Donald Trump Jr. and also Eric Trump, they've already taken the witness stand in that uh, civil trial in New York. Uh, Donald Trump is scheduled to be called next. Ivanka Trump asked asked if they could pause it. She doesn't want to get on the stand, and many people are a little nervous about her doing it because they are saying that she'll inadvertently throw her dad under the bus uh, because she actually is potentially a little smarter than her brothers. Um, But she asked if she had to do it because it would be an undue hardship on her because it's a school week. And since she's a mom, it will totally disrupt her life and the lives of her children if she has to appear. Here's what I don't understand with this. She has, by all accounts, not been involved in the family business. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand what... What they're calling her for. What they would think she would add because they're... uh, Now, unlike the other two, I think the brothers were both somewhat involved mm-hmm. in the fa- I mean, this whole trial is ridiculous to begin with, but at least if we're going to stretch, at least she would say, okay, there is a viable reason 
if you are going to go forward with this case, that they might have something to offer. She, as far as I know, and somebody can correct me, has not been, at least for a very long She's time. She's got her own business. Yeah, has not been involved mm-hmm. with what is being accused of here. So, I don't know, is this a school week is kind of a stretch, but right? the, the idea that she has anything to add is also a stretch. So, I'm team, I'm team Ivanka here. Okay, so Trump is scheduled to hold multiple events in Florida over the next couple of days. This does include the Orlando area, and he will have a rally next Wednesday, which is going to be the same night as the Republican debate, which he is not attending. DeSantis, on the heels of this Rick Scott endorsement of Trump, has said that Trump should be be removed from the primary if he's convicted in any of the cases against him. So I signed a pledge, uh, uh, Willie, and uh, that that pledge is what it is. Now, do I think somebody under those circumstances could get elected president? The answer is no. Uh, that will not happen. Uh, I think that Republican voters uh, will understand that as, as we get closer to, to, to voting. Uh, but it is it would be fatal uh, in a general election. And I don't think the party should should nominate um, in that situation. However, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I signed the pledge. I'm a Republican. I don't think it's going to come to that. Uh, and I think we'll be uh, we'll get the job done like we need to. Uh, but the reality is, is I signed it and that's what I did. So he's saying he's going to support Trump if Trump is the nominee, but he would prefer if that weren't the case. If he gets convicted of, any, of anything, he shouldn't be on the ballot. He shouldn't be in the primary. Uh, it almost feels like at this point, because DeSantis is continually losing numbers. Yeah. He started so high and he just keeps falling that he's just kind of waiting around to pick up the crumbs. He just hasn't resonated. And at this point, like I said, it's just clear it's not going to happen. Now, again, I was a different animal. Caucuses are crazy. Weird things can happen. But he would have to have some sort of just super ground game to pull this rabbit out of his hat because... Nobody has caught any sort of traction whatsoever against Trump. All right. It's 19 minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. You had a big meeting in Brownsburg last I, night. I learned, of, well, I didn't learn. I played out a very valuable lesson that we talk about on this show mm-hmm. all the time, Casey. Yeah. And whether you live in Greenfield or you live in Carmel or you live in Westfield, I am prepared to offer you, with results, mm-hmm. real advice on how you can make a difference when it comes to really crappy ideas by the government. I always have the answer, Casey. (laughs) People just have to listen to me. It's on the way from 93 WIBC. 22 minutes after 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. All right, so last night was the Brownsburg Aquatic Center. (laughs) I mean, pool. Public input meeting. Did oh they did they actually call it a pool last night, or was no, it still the aquatic center? It's still center? the aquatic center. Okay. Um, and people are, <laughs> for some reason, really into this saga. And uh, there's valuable lessons to be learned out of it, um, because we talk about how to how to properly um, petition your government mm-hmm. when they have really terrible. I've tried to turn over a new leaf, Casey, here You're this trying to past say week or so. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> tried to be a, a better person. Mm-hmm. Um, because the lesson Micah gave at church last week is letting go of people who have harmed and wronged you. And I mm-hmm. thought, you know, one of the ways I could do this is trying to be more polite and respectful in my mm-hmm. responses to others in the government who have some guy, I met with some guy yesterday and he goes, you know, you're, you're right on a lot of stuff, but it's sometimes it's just your style that rubs people the wrong way. <laughs> You're witnessing growth <laughs> um, right now. So 
one of the things that we like to do on this show is educate people on how to get a desired result and how to effectively petition your mm-hmm. government. And the number one thing that I tell people is make the government earn it. Make them play the game. Well, that's what you say about your vote all the time. Yeah, yeah it's like when I was in Little League, I had a coach who used to say this. He used to say, make them play the game. And what he meant by that was if you're a batter, you don't have to hit a home run. Just simply hit the ball. Make them field the ball. You know, if you're a 10, 11, 12-year-old kid, the, the, the thought that they can field it, get it, mm-hmm. throw it, and the other guy can catch it, a lot of stuff has to happen for a 10, 11, 12-year-old kid to get you out. But if you don't hit the ball then none of that happens. And it's the same thing with the government. And I get that people get depressed about things and people get overwhelmed about things and people get, well, it doesn't matter. It only doesn't matter if you don't make them earn it. Mm-hmm. And this is a this aquatic center is a great example of this because for the past three or four months now, a group of us have made the government earn it. And by that, I mean, call them out, go to the meeting, speak about it, post about it on social media, hold them accountable. And you're starting to see now in this meeting, because by the way, we kept a tally last night. Yeah, We're told all these people want this pool. Right. But because we've made them earn it and we have forced these public input sessions, Casey, last night, yeah. 11 no's mm-hmm. slash people with concerns, one yes. Okay. And one person who was all over the map, and we didn't know where to put that person because <laughs> they talked themselves in a complete circle. Does the one yes have some so- sort of financial interest in it happening? No, it's the guy who is the leader on social media, okay. who is the big cheerleader for it, and it just conveniently ended up on the building corporation for the oh, thing. Oh, okay. Sure, so, he's so a fan. The point is, though, there is not overwhelming community right. support for it. We called their bull crap, and they have this vague citizen survey that they keep trying to hang their hat on, yet these people who are supposedly all for this, they haven't showed up to the meeting because the reality is people are not. They don't want their money going to something that 20% of the community is going to use and is going to be a financial boondoggle and doesn't do anything in the things government should do, which is roads, bridges, sidewalks, etc. And as we've made them play the game and keep talking it out loud, you realize they don't have any return on investment. I was just about to ask you about that. that. They still they can't produce that. I'm convinced now they have it, and it's so bad. They're they try- don't want to share it. They're trying to, I'm not going to use the term manipulate their mm-hmm. way into numbers that they want, but they're trying to make it look better before they put it out. And this is what I told these guys last night at the end, because there was a public comment section. We got all sorts of stuff out of it. And this is true for any elected official. Sometimes... Even if you believe you're right, if the issue is super divisive and you go it on a three to two vote, you are going to lose in the long run, even if you get the thing that you want. Because super divisive stuff should be about trying to consensus build your way. Big, let me rephrase that. Big government projects, big government things should be about forming as much consensus as you can. And so often people just want to get something done for the sake of getting it done when in reality, and this is what I told him, I said, you're going to have half the community mad at you that you did it. Mm-hmm. And then the other half is going to be mad at you because you were insistent because the cap is $18 million and then they have to go to public referendum. So they're dead set on doing this under $18 million, which they can't do the thing they want to do under $18 million. That even when you do it, the people 
who you did it for are going to be mad because that's all they got and it's not what they wanted. So I said, you will manage because you're trying so hard to jam the square peg into a round hole. Mm -hmm. You will have managed to make everyone mad and have wasted all this money. So you said that it was 11 to 1, people not in favor. What did uh, High Lord Travis DeShane He wasn't there. Oh, he wasn't and there. And we think, we have, a, we have a speculation, this is why we got so much useful information for the no people because last Because he wasn't night. there. Because the guy who was running the meeting, to his credit, answered all the questions. Yeah. And when they have to say it out loud, it's like they just freely admitted they just picked people they liked for the building corporation, even mm-hmm. though every other board and commission, there's a public interview process. They He claimed last night they can't get it voted on before the first of the year, which then means the council flips over. I mean, the, 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 like, he to their credit, the mm-hmm. transparency came out last night. And almost every person there, yes or no, was dissatisfied with what they heard because they're trying to sprint this thing through and they don't have the information and the information they do have is complete crap. And so the point of all of this is, it's not about the pool where I live, just where I live. It's where you live, these things are going on, but you have to get involved. You have to make the government play the game. You have to make them field the ball and and throw the ball and the other guy catch the ball. If you just give up and go, well, it's gonna happen, then of course it's, it's just going to happen, Casey. Get involved. Real quick, mm-hmm. I've been telling producer Jonathan, who yeah. is Tony's producer, I was going to do mm-hmm. this for like three weeks, and I've been super lazy and haven't done it. If you're on the YouTube chat right now, you can see he has a podcast, and I'm actually wearing his jersey. So, Shooting the Schmidt. Yes. So says. his name So his name mm-hmm. is Jonathan uh, Smith, mm-hmm. and his podcast name is Shooting the Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? I didn't yeah. get fined for no, that. No, no, no. You said it right. And I told him for weeks now I'd promote it. You can find it uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's a sports-based podcast. Sports, he yeah. loves sports. Mm-hmm. He's just a super nice guy, and Tony very rarely does anything to actually promote him. So I said, <laughs> I will step up and be the father you deserve, the radio promote father. You- Tony doesn't even ask him if he had a good weekend. I told him, I said, I will step up and be the radio dad you deserve, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. You can find him on Twitter mm-hmm. at underscore underscore Jonathan Smith, uh, Jonathan Smith at underscore underscore Jonathan Smith and the podcast name is Shooting the Schmidt. Very good. And I said that and didn't get fined. You did. You Perfect. did great. Hey, we've got some voicemails coming up. You're possibly saying this popular candy wrong and there was a song that was released yesterday. We'll see if we've time to get to all of that. It's coming up from 93 WIBC. Good morning. It is 1135. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We're going to try and get to all these phone calls. Oh, this is the new Beatles song called Now and Then. It was released last night. Uh, Liam Gallagher from Oasis, he said it's absolutely incredible, incredible, biblical, celestial. Biblical. Heartbreaking and heartwarming. Yeah. Yeah, that's nothing says good, good uh, mojo and karma like comparing some lost Beatles Mm -hmm. manipulated AI whatever to the Bible. Boy, that's (laughs) going to work out well for him. Liam Gallagher often says biblical to describe a lot of things. Is that his go-to word? Yeah, and he's a huge fan of the Beatles. Well, clearly. And and this is why I am the way I am about the Beatles and the Beatles fans because they could fart into a microphone and people would go, (laughs) oh my gosh, it's spellbindingly good. Lennon, Lennon, Lennon. You know what? Actually, I listened to the song last night. Uh, of course it's crap. And I'm not and I'm a Beatles fan, so I'm I'm going to say pass. It's I'm, very sad. Yeah. 
Well, John Lennon was a really depressing human being. Of course it is. He wrote the song, or he sang it in 1977, I believe. See, okay. Yeah, the audio. So, I was so the Beatles it, weren't even together exactly, when he sang that. Thank you. Yeah. I was hoping it'd be more like a helter-skelter type a Beatles tempo, song. something fun. Uh, yeah. They could go rough. out with, yeah, no. But the, you just hit it's our very great methodical. Point. It's not like they found something that he wrote during Abbey Road mm-hmm. and was, it was 1977. I thought it was something that he laid, he laid the voice tracks down for when they were still together. It wasn't. They had already separated. This is my yeah. point on the whole <laughs> thing, that it is a complete manipulative garbage designed to get suckers to to make money from, from suckers. Hey, uh, Noah, let's go to uh, Bob 3. So we got a phone call about uh, Bob Knight. Yeah. Uh, somebody wanted to share a story because we were doing some reminiscing yesterday. IU uh, coach passed away and... Do you have it? Yep. Okay. And here's uh, here's somebody else's memory. Hey, Casey. Hey, Rob. This is Michael and Carmel. I was listening to Rob reminisce about Bob Knight and Indiana basketball and high school basketball. I was fortunate enough to enroll at IU in 1971. Ironically, that's the year Assembly Hall opened, and that was Bob Knight's first year as a coach. So I got to see some fantastic basketball. Great story. I was a finance major. And John Leskowski, who played at IU, was um, at a game in South Bend on a Thursday night, and he broke his foot. The next morning at 9.30 a.m., we had a senior finance final, Finance 401. And we all said, well, we know Leskowski won't be at that final. Guess what? Here he is with a cast on his foot and crutches and made the final. Because Bob Knight said, you're a student first and a basketball player second. That's great. And yeah. I think that's kind of the one of all these stories about Bob Knight. That is one of the things that stands out is his emphasis on these kids going to class, graduating, and becoming productive members of society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, we also got a phone call about early voting, which is going on right now. My son and I just early voted and they let my son vote on an expired ID. Just thought I'd let you guys know that. Well, they aren't supposed to be doing that. Yeah. That's a no-no. Yeah. It's supposed to be somebody there that'll check the... Uh, the date, the expiration date. Yeah. Even. That's supposed to be... Somebody screwed up big time. Mm. Well, his vote counted, I'm sure. Okay. Um, One more phone call. Hopefully, we'll have time to get this one in. Uh, uh, actually, somebody who's working at the polls. Alert. Alert. I'm working the... <laughs> early polls, I will not give my name, but the push right now is for everyone to get, and they are sending tests to the sites to be tested for COVID, Um, not mandatory, we finally found out, but um, requesting everyone wear masks because everything is exploding with COVID Mm -hmm. in Indiana Mm -hmm. and everybody is now frightened. I'm not. Okay. That's good information. Uh, We've got uh, Susan Beckwith who's going to join us next. We've got the Mind Your Manor segment as we wrap up our Friday with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Why? 
93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. My name is Casey and Rob is here. Rob, do you have your Christmas tree up already? <laughs> oh, Casey, you and your drugs. It's only what is today, November the 3rd. Yeah, well, you know, some people right after Halloween, and I've even seen some moms, when the kids yeah. are out trick-or-treating, they're decorating for Christmas. So when they come home with the candy, yeah. all of a sudden the season has changed. I wasn't sure how quickly you get on it. When do you decorate <laughs> oh for Christmas? Gosh, when do I get on it, Casey? Uh, there is usually a moment, usually at probably like <laughs> 2 in the morning, where I'm like, oh, dang, it's December the 17th. I should probably get that tree up. <laughs> Uh, somebody who is just militaristic yes. about their Christmas trees. Ready to go. Uh, Year-round, I think it's year-round, she can clarify here in just a moment, is uh, Susan Beckwith. It's the Mind Your Manners segment. And this is actually an important segment today for not just the ladies, but if you are a man out there, we are going to give you great insight into the female mind. Mm-hmm. And this could be a huge opportunity for you to succeed in your relationships with members of the opposite sex. Susan Beckwith joins us now. All right, Susan, clarify. You are a year-round Christmas tree person, correct? You guys, you are totally ratting me out here. Uh, Yes, I do have a tree that stays up kind of in our, it used to be our formal dining room. Now it's where our, our grand piano sits. But yes, and then... Casey did ask me yesterday, she's like, do you have your trees up? I was like, yes, I have two nine-foot trees up already. I can't even believe it. You have a Christmas tree up year-round, seriously? Yes. I do. Do I do. Do you decorate, like, put Easter eggs on it in the spring? I don't know. It's kind of tucked in the corner, and they have very cathedral high ceilings in that room, and it just, it really fills that space nicely, but no, it just has lights on it, so uh, no, I I don't go that far. (laughs) So I went to, my wife and I went to Susan's house, Mm -hmm. I think this was in the spring, because before Olivia was born, and I saw it. It was on full display in their house. Here's the other thing about Susan. She's so, like, you think, if you think she's bullcrapping on this segment about this mind your manner stuff, she's not we walk in and no joke casey you took me a minute to realize this she had piano bruce springsteen music playing in the background oh my gosh that's amazing she will tailor her home to her guests so this is she lives the life she walks the walk what are we doing today susan what are we doing that's going to be life-altering not just for women but also men Okay, so on my social media, as well as my blog, for the month of November, I'm going to be talking a lot about being a great host or hostess. And so I thought we could carry that into today's segment, Mm -hmm. how you can use or really think about all of the five senses to be a wonderful holiday host. Oh, very good. All right, let's do it. Let's get right to it. What is number one? Okay, so this is really easy, and it's basic, but when it comes to taste, an easy and good rule of thumb is you do not have to have endless options. Uh Um, I've always heard this, you know, from my grandmother, my mother, whatever you have, make sure that it's delicious and make sure that you have plenty of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So are you saying, yeah, I think this is a good point, Casey, because there's sometimes there are too many options. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's not enough of some of the really good options mm-hmm. so that everybody doesn't get extra of the good options. But there's like 93 jams right. available. Just make sure that what you have is good and yeah. there's enough. Yeah. It's like it's like vanilla ice cream at Dairy Queen. Everybody can eat it. Do that well. And if that's mashed potatoes or whatever, mm-hmm. do that well and make sure there's plenty of it. Very good, Susan. I love it. Also, along with taste, before we move on. I believe you also need to have at least one appetizer or dip when guests arrive. So it's Mm -hmm. something that you can offer right away. 
Well, yeah, because everybody congregates in the kitchen, and they're not going to know what to do with their hands. Yeah. Yes. No matter how uh, how big or small, people always gravitate towards the the kitchen. That's so true. Yeah. So have something that they can uh, little pick at before you guys eat. That's a good one. All right. What's our next sense? Okay. So um, sound and. Rob shared a little bit about this. I think music can create a lot of ambiance. So being intentional with that, thinking about it, you know, for myself, a lot of times when I'm hosting a party, I like something a little more lively at the beginning and then something more instrumental when you're trying to dine so that it's easier to converse. Mm-hmm. And then when the drinks are really flowing, you want to bang or don't you? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, what'd you say? I, I, those those kind of just all slammed together there, Casey. Would you pr- would you phrase that again? I said, when you're having adult libations, oh. you want something really up-tempo okay, that so is, people can dance. That is a much, di- <laughs> that came out much different than the last sentence you, may, you stated. So uh, very good. Yes, I totally understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susan, please don't tell Micah that Casey just said that. Uh, what's, oh. what's next? You guys are making me laugh this morning. Okay. Um, Almost afternoon. Okay. Let's talk about sight. And I think this is the one where I've been getting some feedback on my website about people that want a really polished look, but they're on a budget. And so I think, first of all, one of the best things that you can do is create a clean and clutter-free space. And just remember, when it comes to you know, your party planning and when it comes to decor, it doesn't have to be expensive. Actually, I use a lot of things, believe it or not, from nature in your table um, mm-hmm. centerpieces. I wait, 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 wait. You mean like you pick up a pine cone in the backyard yeah. and throw it in the centerpiece? Yep, oh, exactly. I love that. So yeah. you can get, uh, you know, better than free. And uh, I, it's amazing what a can of spray paint can also do. So you can even <laughs> take branches and spray paint those and mm-hmm. use those in a centerpiece. There's endless options. Um, I, I could spend a lot of time talking on this, and we don't have a lot of time. So I'm just going to remind you that um, you could, you'd be amazed what say, spray paint can do. Go to nature. Also, chargers and placemats give a great base and mm-hmm. candles add a ton of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susan Beck with our, as our guest. It's the Mind Your Manners segment. How to use your uh, five senses to create a better holiday gathering experience. Uh, what's number four? All right. So touch. Um, when I was talking about this with Micah last night, he was like, what in the world are you going to say for that? And I was like, well, obviously, when you welcome people into your home, you want to embrace them. And depending on the relationship, greet them with a hug or a handshake. Let them know right from the beginning that you're glad that they are there and they, they made the time to come. Mm-hmm. I would think that also in touch, you want to want to have different textures around how you decorate. Yes, absolutely. That adds a lot of dimension. And like I said, I could spend a lot of time talking about all of of that aspect. But the other thing that I had for touch that I think is really practical is seating, making sure you're thinking about comfortable seating so people want to stay and make sure you have enough seating. So think about that prior to your event. Okay. All right. That's number four. And then uh, let's get to number five. And then I have a very important question for you about something Micah said at church on Sunday. Oh, no. <laughs> Maybe I'll drag this out. Um, the last and, you know, one of my favorites uh, is when your home smells good. That yeah. is the smells evoke happy memories. You know, bad smells may invoke the opposite. Uh, you know, I love candles. I love the soft glow of them. But a lot of people, and some of my friends included, you know, they're really trying to reduce 
toxins with their personal care products, home products. And so a really uh, great alternative to that is a simmer pot. Have you guys heard of those? A what? Like a, <laughs> a simmer pot or like a stovetop potpourri. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So you, you just take all of it and dump it in a big a big bowl? Well, yep, and you put it on the on um, the stove, oh, and I am telling you, it will make your home smell absolutely amazing. And wow. if you're like, well, what goes into one of those? Mm. Go to my website. I have a really super easy recipe. You know, there's cranberries, orange slices, cinnamon sticks. It's all right there, and it's super easy. Yes, go ahead, Casey. Susan, I want to ask you a question, and you may not be prepared for this. It's kind of, it's very political, actually. (laughs) And I want to know if you have heard anything about this, because I have seen some videos lately with everything that's going on in Gaza with Hamas and Israel. I have seen people saying, due to the flags that represent these different areas, that more people are going to be decorating with blues and whites and silvers this year than the traditional red and green. Have you heard anything like that? I haven't, but I love it. I absolutely stand with Israel, and I use a lot of blue and white anyways in my decor, so maybe I'll have to work that into my one of my Christmas trees. <laughs> hmm. Okay. All right, so before we let you go and then promote your website, Micah said on Sunday at church that he uh, he came down after Halloween and he said he proceeds to see candy at 7 in the morning thrown all over your living room. Your kids are deep diving in the middle of them. And that he then told me, because uh, I told him, I said, you should not let your kids eat candy at 7 in the morning. And he said, Susan, let them do it. Is that true? <laughs> that is completely false. <laughs> what? Yes, no. Uh, although I'm not sure the waffles and syrup that I made this morning have any- less sugar content but i don't think that was maybe as nutritious as some of the other ones that we've opted for but no i i i personally love candy um but not at 7 a.m in the morning and especially not for the kiddos all right uh tell us about your very fabulous uh website bell of the midwest as well as the facebook page all right i love it okay so on my website um be sure to subscribe. We're going to be starting a newsletter. There's also a Dining 101 event that's going to be coming out, and I would love for you to, to join and send your kiddos, your grandkiddos. Um, you'll find lots of great social etiquette topics on my blog, and especially that recipe for that wonderful simmer pot. I promise you, you will not regret trying it. And as far as Facebook, that's where you're going to see really regular content. Almost every day I'm sharing new stuff, so be sure to check it out at Bell of the Midwest on Facebook. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us, Susan. We appreciate that. And you have a great weekend, okay? You too. And that's going to do it for us today. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you for listening. We're going to catch you back here on Monday. Well, at least Rob will. I'll be off for the next week vacationing. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.